Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. It's Daniel Routledge and Dave Forrester with you, as usual, to go back over all of the action uh, this week. And uh, Dave, when we had our extensive production meeting uh, at some point in December last year to uh, to yeah. draw up this show, I think it was at least five text messages, um, we said we'd, we'd, we'd leave news and, and, and opinion and stuff like that to, to Jay and Drew at, uh, at the BBL show and we'd just focus on the games. Um, but uh, given that between us, we probably have... 60 years maybe more than that of basketball yeah. watching i don't think we can we can not mention the fact that vince mccauley is is no longer the lions head coach i just think it would be remiss of you and i who know him pretty well to to not mark this uh pretty momentous occasion i mean vince is one of those guys where um i actually i've known him for so long i don't remember meeting him i just i was sort of no, I'm, I know I will have commentated on him when he was at Docklands, which I think was 91, 92 as a player. And then um, I remember probably somewhere in the mid 90s when he became coach. But here is a man that has been at Hemel, Watford, uh, Milton Keynes, London, whatever you want to call them, Royals or Lions, uh, for, for 30 years, basically. He's coached a lot of those. Some of them he was just the owner and the bottle washer and the everything else, keeping them alive. But without Vince that there is no Lions franchise at all I mean this this club would have died many times over many years ago that's right um you know the BBL is about the BBL franchises are about people primarily it's not about bricks and mortar because without the right people um they, they don't survive and it has to be people who are willing to commit to it and to a certain degree have almost a evangelical bent to them in relation to the sport mm. you know um, and Vince is probably the person who takes that to the extremes, mm. even to the point of some of the ev slightly evangelical clothes he's worn in cup finals. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, he's, he's a guy that he, at times you want, you want to, to cuddle, at times you want to strangle. Mm. Um, and I say that in all um, fondness, if I can put it that way, um, because he's competitive um, in all areas, but the things that he's had to do and the resourcefulness that he has shown. You know, everybody, anybody can be a basketball coach. Christ, I was sat on the bench for 10 years. <laughs> anybody can come along and, and stand up and look like them, point and point their fingers and wave their arms and pump their fists and know what they're doing. But, you know, to set up a basketball court in a shopping centre, mm. um, and, and, and it wasn't a joke. You know, it was a mm. proper basketball court, yeah. in a proper environment, with yeah. proper lighting, just happened yeah. to be you know, overlooked by John Lewis. Um, <laughs> And before that, you know, to, to, to basically take it upon himself to find a, a warehouse in Milton Keynes. And again, it wasn't a warehouse. You know, they made the very best of what they had. And I suppose that's probably his, um, his moniker, and I'm sure there'll be more to come in the story, but the moniker is of making the very best of whatever he could to mm. keep something going. You know, and, and that's, a, that's almost a parable for life. You know, mm. you keep going, you keep going. You're constantly being innovative. You're constantly trying to change things. You're constantly trying to find a way to get by in what is a remarkably competitive and difficult sporting landscape, particularly, if I may say, in the south of England. Yeah. You know, doing it in the south of England is different. It's different to doing it in a, um, you know, in a kind of a provincial city, like a Glasgow or a Sheffield or a, 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 even a Birmingham or a Newcastle or anything, or Plymouth. You know, it's different, totally different. Uh, um, 
set of circumstances around how you run the club and how you how you're able to to develop a program. And um, yeah, and, and kind of you know first Andrea and now Vince, it's kind of a bit mm. bit of a passing of the guard thing. Um, mm. and, and to be uh, fair, from from the moment seven 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 came in. The, the clock was ticking on Vince, wasn't yeah. it? Because because now no, it's no longer his decision as to whether he he, he coaches or not. I, I was a little surprised that it happened now. Um, mm. You know, if they'd done it last summer, I could have understood that. If they did it next summer, they could. I could. If they did it in five years' time, I, you know, it just it seemed a little odd on the timing. But the other thing to mention is I've obviously worked with him a lot on on TV, and he was evangelical is a good word. Uh, for him nobody sold the brand of British basketball more and better than he and and not just the league the players the clubs everything about it he would you put a microphone in front of him and he would he would tell you wax lyrical about British basketball he would but he never but there have been people who've done that before who've annoyed me because they've been mm. talking absolute rubbish mm. and and Vince and that's not no obviously Correct. Not me, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and Vince never annoyed me like that. Yeah. You know, because, and this is what I'm talking about when I was a fan, you know, going yeah. back, and, you know, I mean, it, people won't know this, but in 2006, we had no TV coverage. Yeah. So Vince arranged for the games to go out on something called MKTV. I remember I've, it. But well. yeah, it's still in existence. Yeah. On I doubt it. <laughs> but, yeah. but it went out, you know, and we had the, the playoff final from Newcastle Arena on MKTV. Which yeah. was Sky Channel 2027 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was Vince. You know, that wasn't that, that didn't benefit him in any way. Mm. You know, it was Newcastle v Glasgow in Newcastle. Who cares? Mm. Um, but it was Vince. It was Vince finding a way. And um and the yeah. old hoops program, if you remember the hoops program, yeah. that that again, that was driven by Vince and he was executive producer. And I used to be on that and I'd see him every Monday and Tuesday as we would uh, pull it together and do the voiceover and that. And yeah, that driven by him again yeah, so so yeah so everywhere you look you find kind of a, a muddy fingerprint you know yeah. in, you know of, of, of Vince McCauley in whatever has gone on in the sport so yeah um I, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if we see him somewhere well, here's the thing we, we've just spent the last couple of minutes talking about him it's, it's, I'm, I'm reflecting on it it sounds like an obituary but I'll be amazed uh, Vince is Vince is a BBL lifer. He's a, he's yeah. a basketball lifer. He started playing in I think it was 1982 for Camden, uh, I think it was, um, and he's been involved in the game ever since. So I, I would be I would be unsurprised to see a, a Milton Keynes Royals or something like that appear in a few years time in, in the BBL and and, and well, it's, it's Vince a scouter, isn't he? He's in well, yeah, I think it's been uh, a long time since he's been up that uh, way, but yeah, you never know. You never know. Right. Let's uh, let's look forward to the return of uh, Vince McCauley and, and move back onto our usual territory. But, but not his clothes, if I may say. <laughs> Sorry, he can man. leave his jackets in London. Jacket, yeah. um, let's go to the to the to the action and starting on Friday night with the Sky Game: Sheffield Sharks seventy four, Bristol Flyers seventy five. No Johnson and Evans for the Flyers, so Corey Samuels got his first start of the game, and um, Sheffield bringing Anderson back into the starting lineup, and and Glasgow. Uh, coming off the bench and actually in the first quarter it was all about Wallace we we were saying on paper he looks like a a three-point shooter and we certainly saw it in that first quarter yeah uh, yeah I'm not quite sure what what was going on with the Anderson Glasgow thing you know Glasgow started for one game and then Anderson starting again 
will be ultimately Anderson. I don't think finish this game. Um, you know, difficult to know where they're at. So they're still a bit of flux, I think, Sheffield. In relation to first quarter, yes. I mean, what Sheffield got was some open looks and Bristol's rotations weren't quick enough. Um, the ball was... I think Bristol, to be fair, you know, they are, they're running a pretty inexperienced BBL lane about there mm. at the very beginning and inexperienced in relation to, you know, without the Americans, people think, oh, well, they're BBL rookies, but they're generally four-year college players. Mm. So, you know, there's a bit of experience before they get to the BBL. You know, with some of these guys um, who haven't really played significant big minutes in the BBL, certainly Samuels and Newt has played some minutes as well. And even Thomas Edwards has only been in the league two or three years, and Rogers has only really been in the league probably two or three years in relation to minutes played. Um, they kind of got jumped on a little bit early by Sheffield, and Sheffield started moving the ball. And Wallace is clearly a guy who can shoot, no question, feet set shooter. Um, and he's that guy who, who, whenever he's got the basketball in his hands, he appears to know what he wants, to, where he wants to get his feet so he can release it. Mm. So if you're not absolutely diligent, you know, from any moment with the basketball hands, you're going to shoot it. And they got some offensive rebounds and they got some kickouts and then they got on a bit of a roll and it's on sky and everybody's jumping around. Mm. And um, yeah, and, and they scored probably, you know, 40% of their points in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. So they, they were out to a 23-12 lead and, and then it kind of got contagious with Glasgow hitting a three and Anderson hit, hitting a three. And, and five minutes from halftime, it's 37-24. And that's the point at which Sheffield can win the game here. The, these last yeah. five minutes of the first half, they can knock them out. Or Bristol can go, oh, woe is us. We're on yeah. the road. We're missing players and and just give it away. But neither of those two things happened. Flyers, Flyers with an 11-3 finish to the first half. Yeah, and Jacob stepped up, I thought. I'm, I'm going from memory. I watched this game back after come back from the other game at Newcastle. Um, but I thought Jacob stepped up. I thought Del Pesh, really good. Really, yeah. really good in this basketball game. He stepped up. And obviously, subsequently, Samuels as well. Um, you know, Bristol have, Bristol have, have, have developed kind of a, 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 a Grizzly, Memphis Grizzlies identity, grit and grind. That's their, that's their group at the moment. They're, they're kind of grinding games out in the 60s and the 70s and playing together and playing excellent defence and playing physical and being led by players who really are, you know, haven't got, as I say, a massive PBR pedigrees um, and who are it's like almost having a coming out party. And once they stayed, once they kept it competitive, mm. then, then you know, Sheffield are a team short on confidence, haven't won many games, and yeah, that's what you want to do. You keep it close and see if they've got the, the, the um, bottle to, to kind of finish the game. So basically, second half, super tight, score for score. And then early in the fourth quarters, uh, Samuels hit a three. Walker then hit two threes. Rogers hit one as well. And, and Bristol, who'd been behind for almost all of the game, had, had a five-point lead with four and a half minutes to go. Yeah, Walker's two threes are killers because you know you know he can shoot. Everybody knows he can shoot, you know. You don't. You see him make threes a lot more than you see him take one dribble, two steps, and dunk it from the foul line. You know. Yeah. So you, you know you can't. You have to know where he is at all points. You have to locate him. Uh, and Sheffield didn't do a tremendous job of that. Sheffield's bench didn't do a tremendous job in this game. And I'm, I'm trying to make sure I don't conflate the game I've watched today with the game I watched some of the Friday games. I've seen them again, but for, from um, from memory, uh, they kind of Sheffield's bench with Zulo didn't give them that much. And then they kind of were about, they were kind of, they've got this small lineup at the moment with Retino at the four, which kind of works um, because it really allowed, it really suits Retino's game, popping out cheap offensive rebounds. And he's kind of big enough to be able to force 
to hold people off down low. Um, but from memory, I don't think Kipper was particularly good in this game. Kipper didn't have one of his. No, he had. He, he got well. He had a couple of fouls in the first half and didn't didn't um, didn't really play very much. And then he started to make up for lost time in the in the third quarter. Um, but 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 actually, I thought down the stretch, Tuck. Uh, defense. We were all there to see him get four. Yeah, points, yeah, my bad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but Tuck defensively did a tremendous job of 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 keeping them in the game. He did, yeah, and, and he, he kind of burnt himself out on that end almost um, because Dal Pesh was, you know, they're playing they're playing quite a few minutes with Mike Tuck at the five at the moment, even with that yeah. lineup with Tino at the four, which is probably a smaller lineup than than the team has ever probably had before. He, it was a time a couple of years ago he had Matt Martin playing at the four, which was probably about the same, but not normally with Mike Tucker at the five. And obviously that's kind of turned the, head, the head's turned by that because they haven't got Coke, so they're missing a big guy. So that's one reason. And um, Malcolm was having a better night than Marcus. Mm. And what Mike Tuck did was he, he kind of he stood up to to, to Del Pesh and, and and as you say, he fought for position. He did the old vet stuff, mm. you know, the stuff that people don't understand makes a massive difference to winning games. Mm. Um, the, the guy who knows how to play. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was. It's hard because it's it's very result orientated thing to say. I thought he's a bit impacted by the four point thing. Mm, didn't yeah. really, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, but it might be. And he, you know, he didn't get them. So it's easy for me to say that. That must have yeah, yeah. for the way he played. Um, but I think that was hanging over him. I think it's been hanging over him all year. Yeah. I think it's, I mean I think it's no surprise that when we get to today's game, it's his best offensive game of the year by a mile. Soon he's, soon once, he's, once he's got past it, it's like relief sort of thing. Um, throughout the game, I thought Samuel Samuel's in the second half really yeah. stepped up really around the game. Yeah, and yeah. that's a tremendous credit to him. Um and you know, again, 10 points, four rebounds, three assists. And it's not they're not numbers which jump off the off the page, but for what Bristol need and for what he was able to give them, uh, you know, and for the way they're playing. And his competitiveness, you know, that he really he led them to that game in the fourth quarter. So um let's yeah. let's move to the end of the game. Minutes, uh, yeah, yeah let, let's get let's get to so Wallace uh, uh, Wallace three Glasgow layup tidied up 70 apiece, then Del Pesh scored. Rogers then hits a three with, with 54 seconds to go. That 70 it yeah. was, yeah. 70 to 75. Um, the Flyers lead timeout to a T, but they advanced the ball. Uh, Kipper Nichols misses a three. Delpesh uh, of the Sheffield variety uh, with yeah. a with an offensive rebound, kick back out, and Nichols drives to the basket, gets fouled, makes the basket. Thirty eight and a half seconds to go, and it's a two point yeah. game. Yeah, I mean Rogers. There was a five. I remember it was a five point swing. I remember the uh, Delpesh shot and then the Rogers three. Rogers made a few of them this year. Early on in the season, made threes kind of when it mattered. Um, then, yeah, as you see, Nichols got there, missed a foul shot. But then, from memory, talk, talk me through what happened. They, they came down the other... I didn't think it was a great offense, actually. They came down the other end, and they, they kind of bobbled the ball a bit and ended up getting it to Rogers, who shot a three, which I don't think was in, oh, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. in rhythm as, as he would have liked, but it was sort of That's... late in the shot clock. And uh, Sheffield get the ball. So live ball, 16 seconds to go, and they're only down two. And that's kind of what happens when you've got a young young team and a young point guard. You know, <laughs> you need to get points in transition. You need to find a way of manufacturing stuff because down the stretch you're going to struggle to to properly execute. And you're right, they didn't execute. Um, but Sheffield didn't really either. 
Um, well, they they uh, came the other way, and they were trying to force Delpesh had a as a had a mismatch on a switch where Samuels was behind him, and they were trying to almost force it in. But Samuels did a good job; he almost stole the ball, deflects it, and then couldn't quite keep it in bounds. Um, but there's only three point two seconds; it's an out of bounds on the end line, and you think, oh, overtime is a is a real uh, possibility here after two. Two timeouts. Hate that double timeout, by the way. I hate that. I, I, I never see the point. I, I don't think I ever did that. Yeah. Yes, to be honest. Um, simply because you want you guys to focus in on, you, you don't want players to overthink. That's what we yeah. always thought. You know, you just get your, you know, if it's simple, you know, switch all screens, no threes. You know, <laughs> you know, you yeah. have to switch all screens, no threes. Yeah. You know, and we'll live with what, you know, no, sorry, switch all screens, no threes, no fouls. No foul. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's it. And, um, and and kind of knowing the what, what they're going to run and all that stuff, it never really, you know, it's very difficult to get any much more message than that into play, particularly defensively. Offensively, slightly different. Obviously, you can you can draw up what you want people to go, but defensively, it has to be simple so you don't overly confuse the players. And then, then we get the technical, don't we? Yeah, so he, I think what happened is because the ball has gone out right in the corner, he's not square on. If it had been sideline or if it had been... Yeah more to the middle of the baseline he'd have been square on so therefore his jumping would have been up and down and not sort of dragging him forward but because he was at a slight angle he, he jumped over the line twice it was right. it was it was clear and and i watched it back this morning on 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 synergy so it was on that robot camera yeah. that they would have and you could see it even from up there that he was miles oh, over the line i get that i mean i'm, I'm not sure as i say this is something I'll, I'll need i'm sure someone will correct me on or tell me about um, I'm not sure about what the rule is about a warning um, in relation to a delay of game on the sideline. Or I don't know well, if because they mind. always do that. They that, do that thing, yeah. That thing you know, with the wavy the, arm thing, which I is mean, the don't jump over the line. Warning. Don't jump over the line thing. So I don't know if you're meant to get a warning or not. And the referee will contact me and tell me that. Um, but you're right. I mean, it was a clear transgression. It was a double yeah. transgression. So I can't argue with that. And I've, you know, I can't argue with that call. You know, if somebody does that and it was noticeable and it was yeah significant and it impacts the player then it's a technical um so that makes it a one-point game yeah glasgow makes the free throw it's a one-point game then they they inbound it wallace had a really good uh look he misses he the three retino difficult ish but but a makeable uh sort of put back from from five or six feet and then even on the buzzer nickel's got a little tip on it that that didn't yeah, quite I thought go retino was going to make his shot um, to be honest, when I watch, I watched the game back. You, you look at that and think, "Wow, they got a good look." Um, interesting that you know you've got a guy who's been there what two weeks and, mm. and second game, and the, and the coach is running a play for him. Mm. You know, to, to to shoot the final shot to win the game, um, and it really basically was a play for him because there wasn't much else that they had. Um, even more interesting when you throw in this interesting interview at half time. Mm. Um, you know, where he basically called his teammates out <laughs> and said we played like crap in the second quarter. Um, you know, and that that so that's an interesting dynamic in that locker room. That, you know, that guy is is either gonna you know lift them to a, a fantastically high plane or he's going to um submarine them because they don't like being told that. You know, it's it's a very you know, and we'll have to see how that plays out, you know. I mean, he, he's you know, he, he, he talked very well at halftime, but he said some things that I wouldn't have expected some the player to say, mm. to be honest, especially one who's been there for 
Seven days. Ten minutes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rotino, 18 points. Uh, Wallace had 17 off five of 11. Much of that uh, in the early stages of the game. Nichols, 16. Glasgow, uh, 12. Delpesh had uh, 18 and 8. Thomas Edwards, 12. Samuel, you, you mentioned his numbers. It was was really <laughs> impactful in, in the game. So let's go to the other game, which I'm assuming you were at. Newcastle that was indeed, Eagles, yeah, dear me. 113 Manchester Giants, 111. Interestingly, um, me and Ro turned this on and there was about two minutes to go in regulation. And then, of course, it went to overtime. So we'd gone off air by that point. They're trying to break down all of the stuff around us. And we were sort of going, oh, my God, what? Oh, my God, how have they done that? What are they doing? Anyway, we'll get to all of the craziness at, at the end. Um, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's just... Uh, quickly do the 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 early stuff if you like i thought fletcher was super aggressive at the, at the start he had that he had that first bucket he had a great assist he was he was looking to attack them yeah well well he was at 29 points at the end of the first quarter and he had 13 points and four yeah. assists i checked me check my phone to see what was going on and you know so he's responsible for 21 or 22 or 29 points and i think that's the way it has to be for newcastle he kind of leads and then the rest have to follow because the um, with his primarily ability to, to to get the basketball and sound and make plays, be it be it scores or assists, and you're right, he was. Um, the um, in fact, and it resulted in you know the Eagles even when he got a second foul and he went out the game with seven minutes to go in the second quarter. It was kind of a flow to their offense, and they were making shots and they haven't made shots much this season, to be honest. You know, they're shooting like twenty nine percent from three. And then um, suddenly they started making shots, and Corey Johnson's making shots, and, um, and Wes Person's making shots, and, and, and Kyle Williams making shots. Um, and in reality, um, by half time, they should have been up about 15, and they were only up seven. And, yeah. and there were some things which let them down. Um, some of the defense in relation to, they had a plan in relation, this is, we'll get through, through the whole game. They had a plan in relation to how it guard Manchester, which was basically to deny Dan Clark threes. You could, I don't know this from being told this, I know this from what I saw. Um, and that meant that they hooked him. Now Tyreek Armstrong kind of figured that out, mm. which meant that there was no help coming from Dan Clark's man for Tyreek for Tyree Armstrong's man. Yeah. So he made an absolute layup after layup. Layup after layup. And the Eagles were unwilling to help, to overhelp off the corners either. Mm. And, and, and eventually, you know, it, you know, I think he was 16 or 22 in the game or something silly, but a ridiculous amount of points in the paint. Everything yeah. was everything was a layup. Um, 40 points, and, uh, five rebounds, eight assists, 16 yeah, to 22. Yeah, and that allowed that allowed Manchester to stay in the game because they got so many cheap points mm. at the rim in the first half. And then the last play of the first half, Eagles had the ball with a three-second differential and didn't seem to realise it. Threw the ball into Shelton in the post, which is not the best option anyway, to be honest. And um, he I mean, had the ball knocked away with 10 seconds to go and Manchester get a shot, which ends up with a, a three-point foul on the buzzer. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's three shots, so it's a 57-50. There's also one other point, I don't know if you watched this game back, but there's one other point in the first half, which I want, you know, I'll have a mention of because it wasn't very good, I didn't think by anybody. Um, Jordan Whelan went to the basket, hurt his ankle. Um, got got fouled. Two minutes of foul. Landed on landed back on his ankle. Hope he's okay for the cup final. Um, bit of a delay. Game restarts. Will Saunders shoots a foul shot. Will Saunders is already on the court, so Will Saunders shouldn't be shooting that foul shot. All oh, right. Nobody seemed to spot this. 
And uh, until I think it was the table, it may even have been the statistician and the and referee McDonald goes over the table. I'd spotted this because it should have been Josh Steele who was shooting it. Yeah. So what the refs do then, and at this point I, I was beginning to doubt my doubt myself, to be honest. They wave off the foul shot that Will Saunders has shot, and they allow Josh Steele to shoot a second shot. Um, in the meantime, Lloyd Gardner has no idea what the rule is because he's complaining that this can't happen. Jack Hudson's on his feet. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Nobody from the Eagles is saying anything at all. And referees are butchering the rules yeah. um, because the rule is it's a violation. Yeah. The wrong guy shoots a foul shot. It's a violation. You don't get to shoot a second foul shot just because he won yard one. And that was one. That was one point that Manchester got, which became rather significant at the end of the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, given that it was no overtime game. And um, I just thought it was, there was about three or four minutes of confusion. You know, I thought it was, I, I've always had a, the problem I've always had with refs has never been about calls that they make because they've generally got a different view to you, yeah, a different side of it, but they have to be able to administer the game properly. Yeah. They have to be able to administer the game properly. They have to know the rules. There's three refs there. Yeah. The three refs, the three Manchester coaches, the three Newcastle coaches, nobody yeah. was in, was there saying, this isn't right. What's going yeah. on? You know, and that, it wasn't a good look. Yeah. And I hope there's going to be some feedback, say more than feedback, because, you know, it was, I, I don't think, the, I didn't think the game was actually badly refed at all. And the, it was Ian McDonald and Marianne Dodds and Bart, Bartek, I can't remember Bart's last name. Um, but Ian and Marianne are two of the most certain referees in the yeah, way that yeah. they handle the game and the way that they control games. And you lose credibility in relation to your certainty if you get stuff like that wrong. Yeah. You know? So I'm not here to have a pop at, a pop at refs at all, but you can't get stuff like that wrong. No. And the coaches have to, the coaches have to know the rules. Yeah, they, and that would be, yeah. They, and it was, it was, it was amateurish. And yeah. that, that's my kind of bitch, bitch of the day. Sorry. I, I watched it on I watched it on Synergy, so Synergy cuts out all of that dead time, yeah. uh, which is why I watch it on Synergy because it's quicker. Yeah, fair enough. Um, right. uh, so, so actually, all I've seen is a free throw being taken, and the, the rest of it. Yeah, well, well, Josh, yeah, say Josh Steele got a point that in, yeah. he should not have had. Um, which so you know, which, essentially, anyway. yeah, essentially, this game is not a ton of defense. Teams trading runs, not much in it. Sort of back and forth. Newcastle were up as many as fifteen, I think, in the first half. But as you say, probably should have been further ahead. Um, Seven-zero run around the fourth quarter break again puts Newcastle eighty-four seventy-nine uh, seventy-five up, so nine point. So, but then Armstrong, we've already talked about, just sort of dragging them back into the game. And because there's so much to get through, let's go right to the to the end of this game. Um, two and a half minutes ago, Shelton at the line misses two, three free throws, and then Armstrong comes down the other end and hits a three, and it's a two point game. Yeah, and that was the first time all night the Eagles had gone under a screen. But when when the guy's already got thirty two, you're pretty sure he's going to make it. You know, yeah, Take a bit of a hit for that. Um, yeah, I mean, well, just one thing before we get to that. I mean, Manchester's issue in this game was their bench. Mm. Um, Gino Artisan was plus 23 in this game, which is remarkable. In, in, in a, what was yeah, yeah. Game. And um, he's their fifth starter at the moment. He's their fifth guy at the moment, and that unit is really good with him. They're not quite sure what they are without him. It's with somebody else in there. They either play Lewis in to go big 
or they're plugging um, Will Saunders in as another shooter, which means they've got basically a ton of shooters, but they haven't got that much you know, physicality. Um, no, uh, Boso didn't play much, and obviously they couldn't play Wheeling because he got hurt. Mm. And so that fifth, that sixth, that they've got that new the starter is in after McKnight is gone, but now their bench is struggling because it, it, it's kind of a knock-on effect, and all their bench players were, were significant plus minuses and mm. were, were minuses in this game. But yeah, down the stretch, um, it, it, you know, the problem this is a problem when you're giving a guard thirty odd points on fourteen of eighteen shooting. He isn't. He thinks he's going to score every time he comes down, and it's tough to get stops at that point. Um, and so yeah, it got to what ninety six all or something silly like that. Yeah. So, um, so to, let's get to that point. Johnson with the tough finish with two minutes to play, ninety six ninety two. Uh, Clark a nice pass, steal in the corner should have been a three, just towed the line. Yeah. Uh, 96, 94. That's given that um, point back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shelton missed close range. Johnson with an offensive rebound. Peel, according to the commentators, got away with a massive travel. Yeah, um, and, and it wasn't called. Uh, I was Johnson, my eyes just raised as it, as it kind of happened. Yeah. Well, it's one of them where, where when when the home commentator says about a home player, that's a massive travel. It, was it a, talks it about was it for about 30 seconds. He did a little sidestep. He caught yeah. the ball and kind of did a little kind of shuffle sidestep. It was almost like he was like a James Harden two-step, but then kept moving. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 anyway, Newcastle ended up Johnson missed a three. It was an out of bounds, and then Johnson ended up traveling with it anyway. So they didn't gain yeah. uh, from that. And then Artisan. Uh, they had a switch, and Artisan had a little uh, hook over over yeah, Fletcher. And they did that all night, you know, because Newcastle, yeah. when Newcastle, Newcastle switched on screens, but it's fine switching on screens, but you've got to know that your teammate's down there, and you've got to know that you can. That, that's where the opposition's going. Yeah. You've got to get across there to help them out, you know, and you've got to make them do something different. And I thought Manchester got easy stuff at the rim all night, basically. And maybe I was looking at Newcastle a bit more critically than I was at Manchester, so... Because Newcastle probably got easier stuff as well. So you know, yeah, to be fair, ways. by the time we we when we were watching at this point, we were like both teams are trying to lose this game at this stage. <laughs> uh, well, more so in the overtime than at this stage. It's a familiar refrain. Yeah, yeah. So um, Fletcher drives, Clark fouls him, two free throws that puts the Eagles up ninety eight ninety six. And then interestingly, the 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 next play down, um, twenty three seconds to go, Fletcher knocks the ball loose. But in doing that, Armstrong chases it down and suddenly he's one-on-one -on -one with Shelton instead of having Fletcher in front of him and yeah, he just and goes. He goes and he's at the rim and he scores. Um, and Which is, he didn't give up a three, you know, and in a 98-96 game, it means teams are scoring more often than not. So, yeah. you know, the ultimate, if it's a 98-98 game and you've got the last shot, then you can't really be too... No, and, and they had also a full full shot clock because the, shot clock. it was twenty three point something or other. Yeah, so they right. obviously didn't advance the ball. They ran it down. Fletcher drives. That's a very Fletcher shot. We've seen that go in. Yeah, I thought a he lot. Well, they did the right thing. could they have got, tipped uh, it in. Yeah, they got they got a switch with they um, got him going to Dan Clark in the screen row. You know, it was a screen row, basically simple play. You know, simple players generally the best. Get the ball to your best player and put him in the most advantageous situation. The most advantageous situation is him going at Dan Clark out on the perimeter. He got to what he got to his spot. You know, he made that shot a hundred times. And as you say, in Shelton kind of, I'm not sure why Shelton didn't make the live, actually. Mm. I was too, I was at the other end of the court, so I couldn't quite see if it got blocked, partially blocked or something like that. But you know, it was a good look by New, it was actually a good play by Newcastle, you know, ultimately didn't didn't go in, but Manchester had no shot to win, and you got a good look. So then another five minutes. Yeah. And uh, this was the thing where <laughs> 
it was quite funny actually um because Lasker was coming in and then going out and he's oh this game's over and then he, he'd yeah. walk back over to us it's like oh they've just had two more turnovers and it's got back to well, I did the, say the, I, I mean actually I, I was with my dad watching the game and he was he's always you know he's like a typical yeah. person he was being a football all his life he always wants to get yeah. away and get, get in the car they, they yeah, get away yeah, first yeah. at the end yeah. you know so when they got to overtime, they're up by five with 30 seconds to go. I had to look at them and say, look, this isn't done yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this game isn't done yet. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we can spin it forward to to, to there if you want, because actually... Well, yeah, just to say that um, it was a it was a close game in overtime and then Manchester yeah. lost their discipline a bit. They gave away two yeah. silly fouls. One, you know, in the penalty. So one, Peel got a rebound, an offensive yeah. rebound, and Anderson kind of knocked into him. And Steele got a foul off. One person about what 80 feet from the basket, yeah, and you can't give away those cheap points, and, and that made right. it a five point game 108, and, 103, 133 yeah, to go. And you can't, those are points that you'd never get back, you know, you can't yeah. give that stuff away in in a game like that. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, whew, after that, so, so Steel, at his finest, it was steel, steel with the drive, a little shovel pass to Clark, and he laid it in 108, 105. He laid it in, end. and he also got very annoyed with the referee for yeah. some foul that he thought had been committed, which, yeah, yeah. I didn't say, but maybe there was one. But he, 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 that, he was, he was all of it. There was also the delay of game warning there, which I thought was not the first time that the game had been delayed in that way. Yeah. I know the clock is stopped, but the, yeah, that whole grabbing right. the ball thing. Um, anyway, uh, Fletcher misses a three, um, so Manchester get the ball back. Defoe fouls clock, but they're not over the limit. So there's uh, 43, 47 seconds to go. Sideline out of out of bounds. Um, Great closeout from uh, Clark had a, a three. Great closeout um, from Defoe. It's a really tough shot. Eagles get the rebound, and and we're now under thirty seconds. You've got to foul, um, and Fletcher is not a guy you really want to foul in that situation because he's normally pretty reliable. I will say that I thought that the game turned in. Defoe didn't play the end of regulation. Didn't play much of the fourth quarter. He came in after about a minute in the, into overtime, and I thought he was the first. The, the game changed a little bit because he was able to stunt off Clark and get back to Clark, mm. and so he was stunting off to take away Armstrong to take away Armstrong's layup. So Armstrong was struggling to get to the rim as much in overtime because mm. simply of the way that Defoe was playing him. And again, not something that you would see on the stat sheet, but something that was pretty, you know, yeah, pretty noticeable cool. to affecting whether you win yeah. games or whether you lose games. Um, so yeah, and. and um, I think Fletcher knocked them down, and they got the Fletcher, Fletcher made both free throws, uh, so it's one ten one oh five. Manchester timeout advanced the ball. Um, I suppose in this situation, you, you don't want to give up a three, and you don't no. want to, you don't really want to foul because you want the clock ticking. But yeah. the third worst option is allowing them to just drive straight to the basket and take only three or four seconds off and score. Yeah, yeah, I know, but that was the game. That's where the game was being played. The game. Um, it's the reason it's one hundred and ten. Uh, yeah. 107 uh, at that point. Yeah. As Armstrong, it was Armstrong took it to the rim and actually, uh, to be fair, that was that that was actually probably the toughest shot he made all night because yeah. it was all in person and it was fading away to his left with his left hand high off the glass. So I give Newcastle a little bit of a break on that because uh, but but that, but but the problem is he's made the, he's made 15 other shots already. That's yeah, yeah. Make it. And then and, um, and at yeah. this point, Newcastle can only lose by missing free throws. And yes. Person is immediately fouled and he misses both free throws. Yes. So suddenly Manchester have got the ball back with basically a shot clock uh, left and uh, and a chance to to potentially tie the game. 
Um, now, Corey Johnson got called for a foul with 17 seconds to go. It didn't look like a deliberate foul to me. It didn't look like one where we're not going to give up a three. We're going to send them to the... No, it was, it was Saunders on like the curl, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it was Saunders on the curl. Yeah, he got he caught with hand in. I couldn't hand see. It, yeah. he, there must have been something there. Just, just caught him. I thought it was uh, a foul. I just didn't think yeah. he was trying to foul him. No, I'm sure he wasn't trying to foul them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Will Saunders is not a guy you want to catch the basketball when you're down uh-huh. three with 20 seconds to go curling at the top because that can, that shot's up and gone before you um, before you get anywhere near him. And the worst case is you're coming over the screen late and you hit him as he shoots it. Yeah. You know, you end up with a four-point play. Yeah. So, um, no, I understand. So he makes both free throws and it's 110-109, 16.9, as I say, seconds left. It's an end-line ball to um Newcastle. To, to Newcastle. Yeah. Um and let me just explain the unsportsmanlike rule here because this is yeah. one that I've only ever seen it called like three, four times ever. So I'm not sure everybody understands the rule. In the last two minutes of the game, yeah. if the ball is being inbounded, yeah. any foul by the defensive team is yeah. automatically by rule an unsportsmanlike foul. So the decision before to be the made comes out the player's hands. before the ball comes out of the player's hands. Yeah. So the decision to be made there is, is there a foul? And if there is a foul, it's sure, two man. shots in possession. There is yeah. no, it's only a regular foul. Yeah. It's an unsportsmanlike no, foul. My view of it, it was a foul. I, I thought Hudson I, had hold of him. I thought then Fletcher sort of grabbed him back. I thought it was a slightly late whistle. But I thought it was a foul, and therefore it's two shots in possession. There's no argument to it. Well, watching it, watching it at the time, yeah. Um, and I'm sat at that end of the court, basically three rows behind the Eagles bench. So I've got a, a great view of it. It's only probably 30 feet in front of me. I saw what the ref saw, which is mm. Hudson got kind. I don't think he deliberately fouled him, but I think he kind of got conned by Fletcher. You know, because Fletcher is leaning into him to try and push off. And what Hudson made the mistake of doing was instead of having his hands here, down by his side, mm. or his hands up there, he had his hands out in front of him. Mm. You know, so probably at 45 degree angle. So you see his arms out there. Now Fletcher's got his arms already in between the basically under Hudson's armpits. Yeah, yeah. But as Fletcher then tries to break out, Hudson's arms are stopping him because yeah. his hands are there. And by the time that Hudson gets his hands out, the ref's called the call. Yeah, and I've and that's exactly what I saw as well. I'm thinking mm. that's, that's, you know that's a foul as well, and yeah, I don't. Th- it's, it's so his hands, his arms are out the cylinder, mm. and they're impacting Fletcher's movement. Mm. And I think yeah, I think it was. I don't think it was a particularly you know, it, it wasn't a particularly egregious foul. I think it was but, a little bit of an example of overcoaching yeah. because Hudson had just come in the game to guard Fletcher. Yeah, you know, and and I'm like you know I get that he's your boss, he's a guy who who can. Have, harass the ball and all that stuff but yeah you know he hadn't really been particularly good in the game and it just and, and you can see that Fletcher's kind of happy like I got you one because he's clapping and smiling so yeah. he knows he's kind of got he's kind of got yeah, the rookie yeah. almost and yeah, he's not a rookie yeah. but he's got the young lad and um yeah so I can't and, and then then that previous Dan Clark head shake comes yeah. in, comes into yeah, play yeah, because yeah. Dan Clark who can't have been looking at what was happening and can't no. have seen any of it he has a word yeah and that word is a that word is sufficient, whatever it was. Yeah. Technical. I think he had more. And at that point, there. Newcastle can't lose. Can't lose. And and the interesting thing was the the <laughs> arguments. The the arguments from watching it all. And again, yeah. I because I, I knew what I'd watched it live, and then I watched it again this morning. Um, mm-hmm. So I was actually looking at everybody else 
rather yeah. than th than that to see what the and it seemed like they were arguing an unsportsmanlike foul rather than a foul, yeah. which suggests yeah. that they didn't realise that that's automatically an unsportsmanlike foul. Um, but at that point, it's a technical foul. So so what you've done is you've moved the game to where it's impossible for Newcastle to lose from here. Yeah, you would think. Um, so they then get, Fletcher shooting three fouls. Yeah, you've got so you basically got Fletcher um, uh, going to the line three times. So he misses the technical foul, uh, free throw. He then yeah. makes the two for the unsportsmanlike foul. So yeah. the lead is only three when it should have been four yeah. if we'd made them all one twelve one oh nine, and then it's a Newcastle ball from the sideline. Defoe is inbounding it. Clark is standing slow in front of it. Just slow down for a second before you get Newcastle called a timeout. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Um, I couldn't see because at that point, you know, Manchester were in disarray. Mm. You know, they're all arguing about this foul. They're all, you know, Fletcher's knocking down shots. But you know, the ball, the refs. I'm not sure the refs were going to put the ball in from the right place because the refs walked to the sideline in the Newcastle half. Mm. When I think the unsportsmanlike was in. I don't know if the unsportsmanlike automatically advances the ball or not. I don't think it does. Yes, it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would okay, well, they walked to the right place. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, all it takes is you know throw the ball to Fletcher, the game's over. Yeah. Right, and and throw the ball to it, anybody it, in the game's over. But yeah, but primarily you know maybe not Shelton. The ball. And um, instead he goes for a timeout, and you see, and you probably again you won't have seen it on synergy, but as Fletcher's coming in, Fletcher's like, why are we call what's that about? You know, why are we calling a timeout? And then they come out, and it's Defoe who's putting the basketball in. Mm. Well, I've been around Darius a long time. I don't remember him ever in 17, certainly not the 10, 11 years I was around him, mm. ever having him inbound the basketball in that situation. And then that gives Manchester the advantage of having Dan Clark, who's you know, yeah. you know the greatest thing to you know, a human totem pole, mm. you know, standing there blocking out blocking out the sun, as it were. Yeah. And Newcastle, because in Defoe's not there to set a screen. So Newcastle run basically nothing from what I can see. I, I, mm. I can't see what they were. Didn't see anybody really screen for anybody else. And it wasn't really Darius's fault for holding on to the basketball because there was no one from there was nobody to throw it to. You know, no, there was no one. You know, you look. I look back and think, oh, maybe you know, he's been a bit, he's been a bit um, cautious there or whatever. Maybe the only answer is, you know, after four and a half seconds, throw it against throw his, off feet, his legs. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, that's not a guy who's you ever been in that, that position wrong. before. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah. that wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. So, so you know, so, so suddenly it's a three-point game, so and suddenly, yeah, it's it's gone from 110, 109 to 112, 109, with yeah. no time gone off the clock, and Manchester yeah. being called for an unsportsmanlike and a technical foul, and Eagles turning over, and and and, and literally not even a tenth of a second has 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 has, has clicked off. There was so much happened in no time at all. Um, so suddenly they've now got the ball, Manchester, potential to um, to tie the game. This time, I think person does deliberately foul with twelve yes, with twelve did. seconds uh, to go. Was... That's a, a deliberate foul to prevent a three point shot. So Armstrong goes to the line. Twelve seconds to go. I thought that was a bit early that foul, by the way. I, I thought mean, it was I, a little early, I, but I think you know, you know the way that that game had gone, the way that we, the Eagles were shooting foul shots. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he makes them both hundred twelve hundred and eleven, and then yeah. Manchester. Now, again, it wasn't clear, but it didn't look like there was a, an attempt at a foul no. uh, initially on the ball inbound. 
And then there's a, but they seem to be arguing like that's what they were trying to do. And maybe the referees missed it. But again, it's on the opposite corner. So it's always the hardest one to tell. But then they throw it to Peel, who's at midcourt all on his own. And then he runs around for a bit. And they've actually lost five seconds before they they commit a foul. Yeah. And on top of that, the guy that didn't foul was Person. Yeah. And Person's just missed two. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you know, little things like that matter, you know. And and um, because the ball has gone to peel, then Armstrong has to foul him. That's his fifth and he's that's out Armstrong's fifth foul. Yeah. It's always an interesting one that it's really tough thing to keep keep a hold of as a coach. Um it really, you know, really something you've got to be really, really alive to. You know, if you know you're in a definite foul situation and you've got a guy with 40, yeah. you want to get him out of the game. Yeah, yeah. But then again, he's he might be a guy who you might get you a steal. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to get him out of the game. No. Um, I think in that situation, I would probably, probably try to get him out of the game after the foul shots. Mm. Because, you you know, but again, everything's going on so fast, you don't necessarily all yeah, see yeah, that. Yeah. That's where you need your assistance. Uh, you and and what you also it. don't know is they might miss the second free throw and you can't get him back in the game. Well, if you Can you not sub him out on the foul, at the end of the foul after the two foul shots are made? Only if they make it. If they miss the second free throw, the ball is live. Yeah. Yeah, but Armstrong's still in the game at that point. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm talking about bringing him back in. So oh, Peel gets back in, fouled. Yeah. If yeah. he misses the second free throw, you can't get Armstrong back in the game. Yeah, yeah, I get so, that. Yeah. So anyway, Peel uh, didn't miss the second free throw as it happened. He missed the first one. Um, so yeah. there's five, uh, 6.8 seconds to go. Uh, 113, 111. Um, they inbound the ball. Clark inbounds the ball to, uh, I think it was Armstrong. Bring it. Uh, no, sorry. I think it was Steele bringing the ball uh, down court. And was it okay? And and we're we're watching this in Sheffield, and I'm going, Dan Clark. Look at Dan Clark. Look at Dan yeah. Clark. And, yeah. and and unfortunately, I don't think Newcastle were thinking the same thing as well. Because well, what, what happened was yeah, jogging up on back. the trail. No, what. What, what happened was, I watched this back, um, Darius got pulled towards Will Saunders on the wing because Brandon Peel had just shot the foul shots, right? Yeah. So Brandon Peel is a guy who really should be guarding Saunders, right? And um, with Darius guarding Clark on the, um, on the trail. But because Peel's just shot the foul shots, he's on his way back. And Darius is looking at Will Saunders in the corner thinking, do I go? You can see him pointing, do I go, do I stay? Now, by the time, now Dan Clark is clever and Dan Clark sees this and he veers off away from yeah, Will Thornton. Yeah. So he veers off the other side, creating space between him and Defoe because Defoe's yeah. still looking at Saunders. So by the, now Hudson throws a bad pass. And doing it slow enough that, that Hudson going the opposite way is, yeah. is distracting and they're, they're almost sort of forgetting that here comes Dan on the trail. Yeah, that's right. And so he throws a bad pass. Um, Darius does what every sensible veteran does, which is find somebody to be screened by and tell, that guy, <laughs> and tell, the, other, tell the other man to get out there. Yeah, so it's yeah, Kyle yeah. Williams who has to go yeah. out there. But because Dan Clark was probably four feet outside of his real range, yeah. he was about seven feet from the three-point line. He was a long way out when he shot the ball. And... Um, and he didn't have it in rhythm because he bobbled the ball. You know, it, it was way off and it wasn't close. But they should not have been in that situation. Newcastle should have finished that game off earlier. Yeah. Um, it was still a decent was, look to win the game. It was, a, it was a decent look, but it was further than it looked. And it, well, as I say, if it, he didn't catch it in rhythm. Mm. Um, and, um, I mean, Manchester would have took it. Mm. You know, no question. <laughs> we'll take that shot from Dan Clark. But it was... 
Um, yeah, but yeah, they, yeah, Charlotte, that's all you can ask. And yeah, as I say, it should never have been, should never have been that close. So uh, Fletcher, oh. 32 and 12 assists. Person had 21. Yeah. Yeah. Peel, 19 points and uh, 12 rebounds. Um, I mean, there's tons of stats. It's 113 to 111. Yeah. Uh, Armstrong, we said 45 rebounds, 8, 16 of 22 shooting clock, 19 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Anderson had 19 points as well. Steele had 12. Um, or yeah. 11, depending on how you look at it. Um, the uh, the uh, Let's move on to Saturday. Um, Bristol Flyers uh, taking on Glasgow Rocks, and it finished... Um, Bristol 91, Glasgow 73. No Johnson and Evans still for uh, Bristol. No Fraser or Hillsman for Glasgow, but Sandancer Woj broke the Vince Johnson uh, signing ahead of the announcement by by the Glasgow Rocks. Um, Yeah, well, Roe was right, wasn't he? I mean, Roe put put it out there. You know, this this is a ridiculous situation. Always been a ridiculous situation. Yeah, yeah. Always hated it. I always thought... That it was, it was just, it was like it's bush league stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, know you know, just just producing players when they walk into the gym and everyone's looking around to see he hasn't got a number on his shirt and all that yeah. stuff. And and it's not because we've ever been bitten by it because I don't think we ever have because generally any new player plays crap yeah. um, in the game in the first game because they struggle because they're not in the rhythm of it. Um, but it just is just it's just an amateurish look and, and yeah. you know so well done row even the stop clocks right twice a day yeah 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 so yeah. no it's one of those things i just think he will have to have been registered on friday yeah. i just think it has it, you have to and it's not a go i'm not having a go at glasgow because they're no, not, no, you know, everyone does loads it. of teams have done this over the years yeah everyone and, does it everyone my does. my take on it because i got involved in that little twitter thing is my take on it is wouldn't it be much better from a publicity point of view? You announce a player on Thursday, you do an mm-hmm. interview with the player on Friday, and then you do the pre-match preview on Saturday. Whereas if you announce the player an hour before tip-off, he gets one paragraph in the match report. Now, yeah, I'm an old person who buys papers still, so I think of it through the prism of a newspaper, but that could be your club website as well. It's just that, to yeah, me... That- I'm not- I'm not precious about this. I remember there was a, probably my last year with, with Ian when we had um, Mike Morsell and, and we were waiting for Rodney Glasgow's passport and Morsell got injured and we deregistered Morsell and we played Glasgow in a, a cup game at Leicester, I think. Yeah. On the pre try you know, pre group games. And I was sitting there, I was actually sitting there actually talking to Rob about an hour before the game. And, you know, Rod, Rob, Rob Glasgow walks past him on the court and Rob does a double take. And I'm. Mm. You know, <laughs> yeah, you probably he's playing, um, and that was a player that I knew we had. You know, but, yeah. but, so so maybe the publicity argument wasn't there, but it still wasn't right. You know, yeah, the yeah, moment yeah. that we deregistered anybody deregistered yeah. a player, register player, um, then it should be there for all to see. Yeah, you know, I, I I agree with your idea. There should be a list on a on a website somewhere that says these are all the players that were registered. And I also think that teams should have to. Um, tweet out who's playing in any game or put out somewhere who's playing in any game at some point yeah. during the day. I'm not really precious about it, you know, if it's an hour before tip-off or whatever, yeah. so that you know. I mean, some of them, I think Manchester have a sponsor who who uh, sponsors their injuries, if you like. Uh, right, so they, they, they put out a tweet saying, you know, the injury report with whoever it is, healthness thing, 
is that such and such is that. Yeah. by Viagra, well, like that. whatever it is. But you just and and I just think that's it's it's clearer for everybody involved. And you know, there's also people bet on this stuff as well. You know, so you ought to you ought to put it out there just for that. But anyway. That's our rant yeah. over. Let's move on to the game. Um, Glasgow, yeah, no work. real offense at all in the in the first quarter, um, and and Bristol in a bit of rhythm from the night before, twenty one nine up. You know, pretty pretty comfortable. Yeah, Josh Rogers, Raphael Thomas Edwards, and um, by the way, Thomas, if there's the most improved player this year, it will be Thomas Edwards at the moment, um, by a long way. Um, not and that most improved always been that kind of double edged sword that means you weren't very good before. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about you know the guy who makes the next step. Yeah, you know you can be effective in one role, but then you go to a, a far greater role and you you function in that role effectively. Um, that's Thomas Edwards this year. It's happened too many times now for it to be a flash in the pan. You know he's shooting the ball better. He's a he's attacking aggressively. He's efficient. He's, has, he's a handful of defense on defense as well. And so when they get 20 points from Josh Rogers and 24 from Ralph Thomas Edwards, they're going to win a lot of games. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Glasgow is kind of a bit of an end of days thing for them. You know, it's a first day, it's a long way to go for one game, Glasgow yeah. or Bristol. Um, albeit it's down the West Coast, you know, so you don't have to do all the things we have to do, like going the N62 and all the, mm. you know, and the nasty roads. They get the nice, the nice roads that the government invests in. We don't. Um, but it's still a long, long way. And then yeah, you go down yeah. there and you're without Fraser and you're without Hillsman. And you've got yet another new guy to plug in, you know, yeah. Vance Johnson. And, you know, you're in a situation where you're basically starting. Gareth, Gareth is starting. Fraser Markham is starting. Um, that's not really the, the, you know, and Boban is starting. We've talked about Boban already about playing a lot, a lot, a little, a lot, a little. That's not really the team that they were expecting to put out, let's no. be honest, at any part of the season. And they played a bit like it. They didn't make a shot in the first half. They had good luck in the first quarter. They had good looks. Harris got a couple of steals. They were clearly focused on pressurizing Samuels and they did well in that impact, but they didn't have the bodies to do it over the course of the game. I think if they had, and the game might have been different because I thought their scheme was all right, but they just got worn down by that and the fact that they really couldn't create any looks because mm. the only guy who could create looks in the half court was them um, was Johnson and their default setting when Johnson isn't creating a look is to throw the ball to Fraser in the post. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And they went for whatever reason they weren't throwing it to Jack Domney. No, you know, he was not an option in that way. And Bristol, as we've already commented on multiple occasions, are certainly up there as one of, if not the best defensive team in the league, probably Leicester are probably just ahead of them mm. um, because Leicester have a little bit more depth. But the way Bristol defend, I actually think that Bristol maximised the talents of their players defensively, probably better than any any other team in the league. And um, and they ground um, the, the ground glass go down. They, uh, they couldn't get away in the first half, uh, Bristol, but actually in the third quarter, um, Jacob had five, Rogers hit a couple of threes and they had 17 unanswered points to lead 56-33. Um, worth mentioning, the, the end of the third quarter, Gareth Murray seemed to get caught in the face by Simmons. Uh, it wasn't yeah, called. Um, he, he said something uh, to the referee who um, returned the favour with the technical. And then, unfortunately, this is the one downside here of Bristol's very he excellent coverage. Mistake. He made, he made, he they, made the mistake. He made a mistake that, and in that he needed to sub himself off before he got a second game. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the he one got, downside of Bristol's very excellent coverage is they were showing a replay 
Yes. So we didn't see what he did to get the second technical because well, it, uh, it, it came back just in time for Ed to be going like that. Yeah, by yeah. the looks of the aftermath, it was pretty much the same as the first. And as same I say, you're yeah. a player coach, just go sit down, get your technical, yeah, get yeah. it on the bench, or get it, get it, get it as a coach, yeah. not as a player, in which yeah. case you get an extra one, I think. Yeah. Um, and um, I felt jealous at that point because it meant he didn't have to watch the rest of the game. <laughs> Uh, I thought, Gareth, I, understand, I absolutely understand where you're coming from because at this point in time, this game was like done. There, there, there might have been elements of, of, of deja vu as well because you remember the third quarter they had down there last year where they got absolutely annihilated. Oh, yeah, they got to be 30, yeah, 35 yeah. to zero, wasn't it? That's yeah, right, yeah. Something like I, don't, that. I didn't remember that, but I do now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you've yeah, mentioned it. You, they're a much better team this year. Uh, Raf Thomas Edwards, 24.7 uh, rebounds. Rogers, uh, 7 of 10 shooting, 4 of 6 from 3 for 20 points. Jacob, 15, 9 and 9. Uh, Jordan Johnson with 21 points, 9 assists. Harris, 14. Vance Johnson, he of the secret mystery man, uh, 3 points, 0 of 5 shooting, 5 fouls, minus 18 in 15. Um, he was a, that, was a, that was a baby a rookie game. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if I've seen one of those games, I've seen a thousand touch good fouls. Job. Good job he wasn't announced the day before because if they had filmed him up, yeah. Um, yeah. No, no. lots of touch fouls because you don't know the way the game's going, yeah. not being able to get into good positions, but not being able to finish, not being in rhythm with your teammates. It's just an impossible situation when you get to February and you bring in a guy and you ask him to play that amount of minutes, you know, it's very rare that you're going to find somebody who's up to speed. And the pandemic's made it worse because a lot of the guys that are coming in mid-season haven't played last season either. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're looking at people who haven't played for 18 months and so, um, very difficult. What I will say, the one thing about... Um... No, I've forgotten. Go on. Go on. Um, so uh, did you say you'd seen that performance a hundred times? A thousand, I think. Uh, a thousand times. Uh, so uh, number a thousand and one came today yes. uh, as Surrey Scorchers took on Sheffield Sharks and uh, Sharks won 65-70 ah, yes, and, and, and a debut yeah. for uh, Devin Thomas, who ended up uh, 0 for 4 for one point, minus 15 in 12 30 hate uh, uh play uh full disclosure yeah. uh, i was at the football um other than uh, other than at halftime checking to see if todd cawthorn had got um his points and then retweeting the uh the the, the video of that i haven't seen any of this game i was glancing at the uh at the stat cast it. yeah um it, it, it seemed relatively close from what i could look at and uh, but sheffield i was sort of in front i remember what i was going to say about the last game sorry go on Injury reports. Yeah. I still don't know what's wrong with Ali Fraser. He's been out three weeks. No, no one's. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what's wrong. There's never been said, oh, he's got this injury, he's got that injury. No, no, you know, no. again, you know, Drew Lasker pointed that out on Twitter somewhere. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's no reason why, you yeah. know, even if you do from... that thing the NHL do where they say a lower limb injury, yeah, you know, exactly. at least you've you know? got some vague idea. You know, I mean, so, so yes, yeah. so, I mean, that, that that's relevant too. Um, sorry, yeah, the Surrey game, yeah, well, you're right about um, the, the young the young fellow who came in who's apparently been there for a while. Yeah, no Creon, one, no, Creon no one was... announced that he'd been signed. No, uh, Creon, was, Creon said they got him in. Uh, I spoke to Creon before Plymouth, and they said he said he'd had him in and he got injured. What is yeah. your luck? So they've not yeah, been, they haven't you, been able to... You've got to make a decision, then you, you keep him or do you go yeah. get somebody else? I think they were just about to make that decision the other way. Yeah, well, you've, you've paid for your... Is he healthier? Is he not yeah, healthy? Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. To be, I mean, in, in what was a fairly inconsequential first half, the one thing that struck me was he'd, 
clearly spent quite a lot of time watching sorry because the first two shots he shot were shot were contested 17 foot step backs <laughs> with a hand in his face um and I was like oh yeah okay yeah. to be fair the first one he got fouled on but that was a bit that was and the second one was okay that was that, that was that was fully in keeping with the shot selection of the scorchers yeah. for much of this yeah. um yeah the, the, the first it was it was, it was actually quite an interesting game. It's because Sheffield are obviously scratchy as well. But at the moment, they lost a few games in a row. Um, and sorry, we're more systematic than they have been, to give them credit. And Sheffield aren't a team that runs that much anyway, so they didn't really get tested in relation to their transition defence. You know, Sheffield's defence is very much bend but don't break. So there wasn't. it was a bit of a half-court game. Um, Sheffield's execution in the half-court was better. Their spacing was better. Their shot-making really wasn't... Um, again, Anderson started this time. Glasgow came off the bench, and all, it just seems to be a little bit of a merry-go-round at the moment. With that, um, the best lineups again with Sheffield were Retino playing at the four because Nichols started the game. But you know, when Retino's at the four, they have a little bit more movement. The ball shifts a little bit quicker. And no, no team has yet found a way of punishing them down low to stop that happening. But not in the games that I've seen. Um, and the game in the first half was 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 a you know two basket game most of the way through, mm. um, but it's it's a Stanley Davis show again. Mm. Um, you know I I can't imagine what it must be like to play with Stanley Davis. Mm. It can't be easy because Robertson played really well in this basketball game. He, he was effective throughout, um, but they have so many. You know I think Davis has it, it's crazy. It's not what they brought him in for. But I see him as a sixth man scorer. I don't see him as a starting point guard. Um, his decision making is just too random and too um, unpredictable. He's almost the opposite of Anderson. Mm. Um, and there are times where you see where Surya are making a run and a bad shot goes up or a bad pass goes up or, or, or a dumb foul or something like that. And then the next minute, you know, you'll make a great play at the rim. Um, but it, it's too, I don't see how they can put the ball, keep putting the ball in his hands and having him run that team. So I don't think it's going to get better. Um, and that's kind of where it went until the middle of the third quarter. And then Sheffield made a run. I didn't see the first four minutes of the third quarter because I was out buying broccoli. Um, so you know, just before you get there, we, uh, we should, we should, yeah. we should Mike took, properly sorry, Mike took, yeah. acknowledge four minutes into the second quarter. Uh, Mike Tuck, uh, horns thing, drifts out to the top of the key, hits a three. We've seen that a million well, yeah, times. The, the, the funny thing was, he, he blew a layup about a minute before. He blew a little bunny. The first basket was literally given to him. The ball was kind of given to him under the rim by a sorry player, and he put it in, and you can see for and, and it was quite, it was almost um, karma, you know, that he missed He missed a little layup because he had, you know, he, that, that top of the key three, if you name yeah. one shot, yeah, yeah, Mike yeah. Tuck is a top yeah. of the key three. Well, sure. In the yeah. system that Sheffield run, that's a shot that he's lived off. Yeah. Uh, he's got the up and under post move as well, which you know, which yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of something you'd recognize. In the old days, he would dunk on people as well, but you, we do. Yeah, think you see the, that. You see that. Yeah, but you know, he didn't need to. Is a point. He had, he had skills, you know. Yeah. And that top of the key three was the iconic. Was his shot. So to, to yeah. do it with that three, and he, he did a little fist bump, but fist clench, yeah. and you could clear. Yeah. You could see. It was off his mind and it was good. Well, and he yeah, went on. I mean, we were giving him some game. stick in the group chat the other the other day about doing it on, on TV. So I'm sure yeah. he, was, he was pleased to get rid of it. Matt, it's uh, tough for players, you know, the expectations yeah. are hard. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And no, so he's good. he goes past Todd Cawthorn to become the all-time Sheffield Sharks leading scorer. He also got to his 2,500 rebound uh, in this game as well. So, so where I, that put him? 
Oh, oh gosh, I've got the thing to hand. Active no, players at the moment, who's got more than that? Can't be many. Oh, active players, I wouldn't have. Tail? Yeah, Darius, Tail, maybe? Maybe Darius. Um, I don't know, Tail I'll have to check. Oh dear, Claxon, failure. Claxon, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, sorry. So Tuck had four, Wallace had a couple of threes at the end of the third quarter. I'm assuming you were with Broccoli at this point and saw this bit start. No, I ball. saw the end of the third quarter. Yeah, the Broccoli, the broccoli was safely simmering. There you go. Uh, yeah. And, they're, and they're, out to, they're out to 12, they're out to 12 points. Yeah, and took made took made a number of shots, took made some players to be fair. And it wasn't just the three, he took he took them off, he scored a little, a little jump hook in the post, then a left hand dribble in a, a rise up for a 15 footer, which really was ruling the years back. And um, you know, he was a separating point in this game, and they were playing him primarily at the five and with um Rutino at the four, and that lineup was and then the three guards, and that lineup was kind of tough. They also got decent minutes out of um of Zulo in the first half, but not so much in the second half. And Sheffield got away, but Surrey's offense was really stagnant at this point. And it was tough because actually the fact that Roberton was playing so well made it difficult for their offense because Jameson and Roberton were in the game a lot. Mm. And the spacing is tough with Jameson and Roberton in the game a lot and together. And, and there wasn't much space for the for Davis and for Hamrick to, to get to the rim, and they weren't really knocking down shots either. And then, but as Surrey do, you know, there's always a run in them. Yeah. And then um, they made that run towards the middle of the fourth quarter. Um, I know. Yeah, and I know. And it's culminated, contested off the dribble, three-point jump shot from Stanley Davis Jr., mm -hmm. you know, from the wing with Rodney Glasgow's hand right in his face, and he, dr and he drilled it, you know, and so suddenly it's a three-point game. And I thought at that point, Crean had a real decision because whilst they got back, they kind of got back in the game through kind of hustle players. And I think Robertson made a little, a little turnaround jump hook off a, off a high-low play. But their offense really wasn't sustainable. That shot that Davis made really wasn't sustainable. And I was wondering if he was going to go small and come back with Matt Lamore for one of the big guys. He didn't. Stayed with the, with the big lineup. And they defended okay with that lineup, but they couldn't. They couldn't get they couldn't get any space and they couldn't get any looks. And he Hamrick had a decent look for a three from the corner, um, which he couldn't knock down. But everything felt a bit forced, and the game kind of petered out. Mm. Um, Sheffield made just enough plays to, to to win. Wallace made a nice little fifteen footer off a dribble drive, and um, they got kind of that 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 separation, um, which in, in a 60-60 game an eight point separation is a lot. Yeah. Uh, Davis with 17 and 10. Robertson, 7 of 8 shooting for 16 points. Jameson, 15 and 8. Just 8 points off the bench for Surrey. Uh, Tuck with 16 and 5, his best game of the season. Uh, Retino, 15 and 7. Wallace, 12. Um, so, uh, next up was London Lions, 103. Newcastle Eagles, 94. We obviously touched on, um, well, we spent quite a bit of time at the beginning talking uh, about Vince. James Veer is taking over as head coach for the remainder of this season. So this was obviously a first um, coaching game for him officially in the BBL. Obviously, he was pretty much coaching that uh, win yeah. over Surrey uh, at the beginning of the season for the Lions because yeah. uh, it was barking. Um, and full disclosure, I was at the football, which is why I missed Surrey, and I managed to get in, turn this on, and there were six minutes exactly to play. I think Dirk Williams had just hit a three-pointer, judging by... 
the commentary and at that point it was 40 to 21 so i missed all the excitement of washburn and reese hitting threes and kelly going nuts as well as they went 13 out to lead yeah i mean they start i mean there was two things that happened early on in the game one um as you say kelly was really effective early and getting aggressive little you know, dunks and, and doing the things that he does the second thing was that in the midst of probably two minutes in the game um there was there was a I don't know what happened but coming out of a, a, an offensive play Fletcher came up holding his face and Fletcher was out of the game I think it was Kelly it wasn't it wasn't a fight wasn't it wasn't a fight or anything like that it was just a something that happened under the basket the arms whatever Fletcher comes up holding his face so Fletcher was out of the game until about the three minute mark in the first quarter missed about five minutes of the game and Newcastle couldn't score mm. without him so at that point it was probably 19 to 5 19 to 7 20 to 5 20 to 5 and the 20 was because, yeah, London were getting some nice looks and Newcastle really weren't doing a very good job of, of running them off the three-point line or, or taking away what you have to take away. But the five was primarily because Fletcher had been off the court for five. You know, we talked about the first, you talked about the Manchester yeah. game, what he did. And that, that's, that's unfortunately kind of the reality of Newcastle now, you know, coming off that. And I know what that's tough. That, that is a tough bus trip at eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. And, mm. and you're going, you know, you're going six hours down to London for a four o'clock tip. Um so you know the, the, we, we never used to shoot the ball well there in the first quarter and they didn't mm. um and you know you spot a good team 15 points and you're going to struggle mm. and that's kind of what happened in the first half and, and london got a lot of rhythm about them and they kept making they were making shots justin came in there was probably i would say more of a conventional rotation from coach veer than we've seen from coach mccauley um you know insofar as guys came in at certain times will neighbor was the guy who replaced kyron kelly as opposed to chris Tawier most of the time because um, that, that was so that was kind of a, st a little stylistic change, you know. You have that extra shooter on the court, and they get so they got a good play out of Will Neva. And basically, Newcastle were steps slow to defending um, London. And uh, to be honest, had they not had person not stepped up in the second quarter and made a number of shots, made, you know, you shot the ball really well. And Fletcher, when he got back in the game, became very aggressive and got to the rim a little bit as well. You know, the second quarter became a scoring race, but it was still a 20-point game. It could have been 30. Yeah. But Newcastle at that point made, you know, made some shots. So it was like 57, what, 57, 38, something like that. Oh, yeah. And then um, and then uh, the the start of the second uh, half, Fle Johnson and Fletcher hit some threes, and suddenly within a couple of minutes, they'd got it back down to nine, having looked. Well, this is my full disclosure. This yeah. is when I was eating the broccoli. Oh, right. Uh, so I, 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 you know, yeah. So yeah. So for the, I missed the first six minutes of the third quarter. Mm -hmm. Check my phone, and it's um, you know, I'm eating it, are we? And um, you know, once a week at least, you know, away from the telly, um, and um, and suddenly it's a seven point game. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? So I have to watch that back. I don't know precisely whether Newcastle picked up the defense or whether um, London got a little bit um, like a days ago in the way that they were playing, but. By the time I, you know, by the time I got back into the game, yeah, it's a real game, mm. um, and it was a real game all the way, basically all the way at the end. But um, I think Fletcher's legs wore down in the fourth quarter. He was short yeah. on a few threes late, and um, they really needed him to knock them down. Um, well, you, to, to you, mentioned, um, you mentioned Person uh, again. Yeah. He continued to score in the second. Second, I think he was made his first five three pointers. Continued <laughs> to uh, score. They had a 9-3 run, and they're only down three with a couple of minutes to go in the third quarter. And then 
the fourth quarter was one of those where it never looked like Newcastle were going to quite make it, but they were always close yeah. enough that you thought they, they could still make this. Firstly, they're getting, they get, they've got two great games at appeal this weekend, which is probably the first we've seen. And this is, you know, he's only been, he's been here probably two months. And people think, you know, two months isn't, isn't much more than the preseason. Mm. You know, if you start, if you started in September, or start, you know, it's a bit of preseason, a bit of a bit of the season. And that's how and, and he's had, I think, 19 and 12 on Friday night and 16 and 16 in this game. Mm. You know, and that's not, you know, rebounding that we haven't seen so far. So he kept them in the basketball game with their offensive, yeah, the offensive rebounds. Oh, that, that was a critical thing, which meant that Newcastle kind of got just enough second shots. I thought that shot at the winning the game disappeared when Defoe fouled out, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because defensively, I thought that they were they struggled without him. They have struggled without more. Yeah. You look at um I think the plus minus again was in his favor in this game. And it's it's kind of a regular, irregular um story. Um offensively, they're better with Shelton scores the ball better, but defensively Defoe joins them together better and when Newcastle are at the moment, they don't need the scoring as much as they need the defence, if that makes any sense. Mm. When they both play together, they're effective, but the spacing's a bit... Uh, so it, it becomes more difficult. Um, so I thought that's when they lost it. And then, as I say, I thought Fletcher, the two games he's had, you know, the 41 minutes on Friday night, the bus trip, and then the 36 minutes, you know, he had a couple of open looks in the fourth quarter, which were short, and that's always the giveaway. Mm. He had a layup, which Gordon was left with you, would normally make, which didn't quite have the extension on. And to beat London in London, when you've given them a 20-point start, you know, you're going to have to play a perfect second half. Yeah, yeah. And they never quite got around to it. Um, I, I think they can be basically encouraged a little bit, but they can't. Yeah. But they played two games this weekend, giving up 98 in the first game and 103 in the second game yeah. before all the times. So defensively, Newcastle got a long way to go. London, London are there. London, London, are, London are for real, you know. And... and um, yeah, playing without Jordan Williams at the moment, who's on the who's on the bench there. Um, um, whether they will or not, whether those two things will happen, one doesn't know. They've still got the European games to play as well, a lot of league games to play, um, but um, they got real talent. Mm. Uh, they were 14 of 32 from three-point range. Reese, uh, four of eight. Williams, three of six. Kajini, three of five. Reese had 25 points. Dirk Williams had 24 points. Person, six of eight uh, for his 22 points. Uh, Fletcher, 22 and 10. Um, I think the thing that struck me, sorry, Dan, just on the stats on this game, I think um, London splits with something like 65, 43, 88 or something. Mm. Ridiculous shooting split. You're not, you're not going to win any game. The team is shooting 65% from two, 43% from three, and 88% from the foul line. Mm. You know, it's just not going to happen. I think Newcastle were 51% from two, and that's the difference in the game, difference in the teams, their offensive efficiency and their ability to defend. Sorry. So let's uh, move on to the final game. Cheshire Phoenix, uh, 59, Leicester Riders, 76. That moves Leicester to 10 and 0 for the first time uh, ever in. The top division, uh, they went uh, they went undefeated in uh, in what was Division Two, sixteen and zero uh, in nineteen eighty one eighty two, but never well. been. Hey, remember, remember it well. well. Paul James was playing in the I back court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's probably the only name that you might remember from that team. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, so uh, I put a little 
in the corner because obviously the Newcastle game hadn't quite finished and they were yeah, still close enough that you thought we were might... waiting for Newcastle game to yeah. finish. Yeah, so yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. I just dropped it in and it was one of those things where I was watching Newcastle, but then I was like, oh, they're really aggressive on Crandall there. Oh, Mockford's just made a three. Oh, Mockford's made another three. Oh, Rob scored a timeout 90 seconds into the game. It's eight nothing. And you think because obviously Cheshire, Cheshire have, um, you know, hyped this game up and they got a good crowd in as a result of, yeah. of that hype up. And you thought they, they've They've come out to to deliver on the hashtag here. Yeah, um, and they threw the first punch. Yeah. Um, there's a balance. Well, I'll say there's a balance. You can be hyped, but you still have to execute. Mm. And you can be too hyped. And Cheshire came out, and, you know, the first play, you know, you always look at the first two plays of the game, or, you know, something, always look at, what, 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 these, what did they say about the team? Well, name on right made a triple effort defensive play to get a steal, get down the bait, get down the, you know, chase the ball down, get down the sideline, come up with it, attack the rim, stop, get up there, make a tough double clutch layup, you know, and you're thinking, right, okay, these guys are here to play, right? And the crowd's up. And then, as you say, um, a couple more, Mike Ocherobia stands up more Walker, basically, stands him up, you know, to the point where by last I can't get anything at all. And Ben Mockford comes down the other end, bang, bang, 8 0. And um, and you're thinking, okay, here we go, um, you know. But that emotion dissipates eventually. And when the emotion, and, and there's a, you know, as, a, as somebody who's involved with the team who kind of often took the, the opposition's best punches when we, you know, because that's what happens when you play the, one of the top teams. They come coming after you. Mm. You know that it's a, you learn that it's a long game. You have to keep. You have to. You have to maintain your composure. You have to expect it to happen. And you have to do what you do and grind away getting back to get back in the game. And Cheshire kind of, you know, their defense was good in the first quarter, no question. I mean, Archerobia was awesome. Um, his defense on Walker, I thought, was probably the best I've seen all season. He's a strong guy. You know, he's not as big as Mo Walker, but Mo Walker could not move him at all. And I thought he was the kind of the the um the rock around which they were the, the Cheshire's performance was was built. But, you know, after those two threes, Ben Mockford is over 10 mm. the rest of the way and is arguing with people mm. and is committing daft fouls in the fast break. And you're not going to beat a good team or a championship team or a 10 and 0 team. You know, if someone's playing 30 minutes and is over 10 and, 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 turn, and, and committing daft fouls. Um, and it's the emotion of it. It's not that Ben Mockford can't shoot. Ben Mockford can shoot. You know, we know he's dropped eight, eight threes on Leicester last time he was there. Yeah, yeah. But that's what Ben Mockford does. And, he, you know, we remember the, the 30 0 0 0 0 0 0 0 line he has. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if, yeah. He's, if he's giving you, you know, so if he's, if he's over 10, then you're going to stroke. That, that's 20 points, 30 points. Most of them are threes. That's 25 potential points, you know. And and so he, he wasn't quite right. Now, then you throw in um, the fact that Cheshire aren't that deep and Archerobia does get into foul trouble and did get into foul trouble. Yeah. And when he was in foul trouble, they struggled. Um, and Leicester were able gradually to kind of drag themselves slowly um, back into the game um, in the second quarter. And it's a little bit like the Bristol game. But Bristol, were pl Bristol played against Leicester smarter than Cheshire did. Cheshire played with more emotion, Bristol played with more intensity. And there's a difference between emotion and intensity. You know, emotions are rah rah stuff, emotions getting in people's faces, emotion is talking to people, and all that stuff. Intensity is, is kind of just getting down in the stance and saying, hey, we're here, 
we're not going away. And there's a difference to that. And I thought Leicester ground them down eventually, albeit, um, you know, you know, Cheshire were excellent in the first, and they were excellent in the first half of what they had. Yeah. Um, they, um, the other thing about it is that Austin only played five minutes in the first half. I'm not quite sure why he wasn't yeah. in foul trouble. Um, but Leicester defended him really well. They just went under every screen. The scouting report was spot on. You know, so he was, and he's not really, he's a playmaker to get past somebody. Um, he's not to get past people to make plays. He's not a guy who's really used to making plays in front of the book people. And I thought what they neutralized by neutralizing him and by Cheshire not having him on the court, that then took away fast break points from Cheshire, which and steals, which Austin does give you. Yeah. And if I'm Leicester, I'm happy that Austin wasn't on the court. But the reason he wasn't on the court was because he wasn't effective, because they were defending him probably in the half court. And that's why he ended with a 38-34 game at half time or whatever the score was. Yeah. So the um I've just noticed my battery's not plugged in here. So I'm gonna keep <laughs> keep talking while I grab the uh, thing. So Leicester had a 9-0 run uh to to take the lead, 28-29, having spent most of the first uh half down by about um down by about eight or so. Uh, first half, Leicester were 0 of 9 from three-pointers, although the last one was a three-quarter court heave. It's a bit harsh. Yeah, well, yeah, one um, thing, the other thing you have to remember about And Leicester, 11 turnovers. Yeah, and they were still basically close in the game. And part of the reason for that is that, you know, the best centre in the league last year was Darren Nelson Henry. He's come off the yeah. bench this year. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so you have a guy like that, you know, they can... So Otterobia can battle with Walker, and suddenly he's got Nelson Henry coming at him. And Crandall's actually better playing with Nelson Henry than he is playing with Walker because with Walker, he can just tend to throw him the ball. With Nelson Henry, they've got that little bit of synergy in relation to the screen and roll and the movement. It's a little bit more, it's too, you know, it's an Ivy League guy. It's just a little, a little bit more, um, less brute force and a little bit um, more it cerebral. Was. That's probably yeah. the way of putting it, yeah. Um, and so he came, he played, he played well in the first half and he helped them come back in the game. He did, yeah. Uh, Leicester, Leicester actually were one of 13 from, from three. I'm, I'm flagging this up for, because of what's going to come. Uh, Whelan Jackson yeah. hit a couple of threes in a 9-0 run and, and they got on top then. They were, they were out to um, a 44-52 lead. And then you were just thinking, oh, Cheshire, are they, are they on the wobble here? Is it going? And then Austin did come into the game. Uh, and again, a couple of attacks at the basket, and, and it's only a four-point game going into the fourth quarter. He was, but it, you know, Leicester again. You're always trying to assess the quality of the shots the teams are getting, and Leicester were getting better shots than um, than Cheshire were. It was easier for them because Cheshire needed needed to get out in transition. They've got a kind of a transition team, really. Cheshire with that group out there, um, without them, got the smash mouth stuff with Dickerson and. Obviously, they don't have McSwiggin's half-court shooting anymore as well. Carey's a primarily a transition player. Austin's a transition player. So they need to keep the pace fast when the bench comes in the game. And um, they weren't able to do that because Leicester's spacing was so pristine. And it's also noticeable that Leicester kept the um, starting five in for basically the whole third quarter. Third quarter, yeah. You know, yeah. So, so, you know, Rob normally subs a lot quicker than that, and he didn't in yeah. this game. He kept, he kept them going. Well, and there's Walker a reason for that. At all, did he? And then I no. think Nelson he hadn't played much in the first half. Yeah. yeah, he hadn't played much in the first half. But the reason for that is because they were grinding them down. Yeah, you know, and you could see it even with the way making shots. And eventually, when the bench does come in, Mackenzie plays the Washington role. Mm. You know, and basically knocks down some shots, and, and he's talking to Mockford, and he's getting into the they're getting into the emotion of the game. 
you know, and um, they just basically made made the shots eventually that they didn't make early. Well, and the their half-court offense was better than Cheshire's. Fourth quarter, Mackenzie made uh, three three-pointers in quick succession, then Wheeler makes one, then Crandall makes one. Leicester goes 17-2 uh, to start the to start the fourth quarter and, and they're up 19 and more. Yeah, and I didn't like the fact that um, Okrafo was on the bench at that point. Mm. Um, always kind of being in the belief if you're going to get somebody, uh, get get one of your guys a, a, a rest, if you need to get them a rest, to the third quarter. Mm. You know, once if you're playing a championship team, there's something in the um, the mindset of a championship team when the fourth quarter starts. You know, but, you know you, that's when the game's being played. Yeah. And on the line, turns up. You need your general out there at that point, mm. and try to get him back in with like after two and a half minutes. But you know the BBL and and, and European basketball, so you don't necessarily get back in mm. because the game doesn't stop. And so by the time he had to be, uh, you know, that he got back in the game, it was four minutes. Four minutes had gone, and the game was gone. Mm. You know, and when you're playing, as I say, when you're playing on the top teams, you have to claw your way um, to staying close to try and try and create uncertainty in them. Because the moment that they get their foot on your throat, they are not going to take it off. I've seen too much of Charles Smith, you know, over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that, you know, the games which are the battles are the ones where they, the, where teams genuinely think they're going to beat you. And the doubt comes into your own players, and I'm talking, you know, Leicester's players, that hang on, this team might beat us. Mm. That wasn't that doubt today. You know, that doubt doesn't come in until the beginning of the fourth quarter and you're in a battle. And that wasn't that doubt. And I've seen, I've seen that with, with Fab and Charles and all that stuff. That was the only way you would ever beat us. Mm. You know, if you were standing up to us toe to toe and trying to trying to do that. And Cheshire weren't um, ready to do that today. Um, but as I say, you know, you can't have... It's a different game. If Ben if Ben Mockford goes 6 or 10 from the three-point line, it's a different yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Well, Leicester went 6 of 8 from the three-point line in the fourth quarter, which was yeah. the uh, difference. They were rhythm shots. You know, Crandall got rhythm shots to McKenzie, to, mm. to um, Whelan, mm. to Jackson. You know, and, and Cheshire did a good job of chasing them off the whole game, but you can't do it. They couldn't do it for four quarters. Didn't have, and that's what that's and that's the difference between emotion and intensity. Emotion carries you for the first half or the first 25 minutes, but the intensity has to be there, carry you all the way to the end. Right with 15, uh, okay, Raffle 14, Bradley 11, uh, Whelan 16, Gina Crandall triple double 13 points, uh, 12 rebounds, 11. Assists. He rebounded the ball really well in this game. Um, to be honest, I didn't think he had his best game offensively at all. Um, but um, you know, he rebounded it early. So he got in the game early when things weren't going, when Leicester was struggling early. He got in the game with his rebounding. There was one point in time, I think he stood up a fast break for Kyle Carey, managed to get his own rebound in the basket and threw it 80 feet to Nelson Henry for a dunk, which is a four-point swing. And they're the type of players which... There was, a, there was also an incredible play, uh, I think it was in the fourth quarter, where they were trying to throw an alley-oop and he actually sort of smashed it off yeah, the board. Yeah, they anticipated the alley-oop. Leicester went down the other end, and I think Mackenzie hit a three. Yeah, so that's a ten. That's that's what two points and three points. So that's nine points. That's nine points which he turns around with two players. You know, yeah. and that those are players that win games. You know, they, you know transition. If you've got a guy, and again, I had this with Flanoy for years. You got a guy who can turn a two-on-one fast break for the opposition into a layup for you mm. on a regular basis. Who's got the discipline and the smarts and the nous to do it without fouling, mm. but to know not to foul, to stand somebody up and to throw it down the other end? Those momentum plays 
are massive in basketball games. Mm. Incredible. Because you, suddenly, as I said, it, it, the wind just goes out of the opposition. And, and there have only been a few, you know, the, the, the guys who are brilliant transition defenders are known. And it's, it is a specific skill set. So let's just have a look at the league table on the way out the door here. Leicester uh, 10-0 at the uh, top. Uh, Manchester currently second with seven wins and five defeats. Bristol have six wins and three defeats in third. Sheffield back above 500 now, six and five. Newcastle moving up the table, five wins and seven defeats. Cheshire five and eight now. Um, and London four and two, still with a ton of games to make up. They played half as many games as uh, Newcastle and Manchester and Cheshire. Um, Glasgow in the last playoff spot as it stands, but they too have games to make up. They are four and five. And then uh, Plymouth two and eight and Surrey one and seven. So we've not cleaned too much up. From, from our previous conversations, but obviously uh, London with four wins and two losses and, and Bristol with six wins and three losses are the closest two to, to Leicester at the moment. We, we expect London to keep on rising and, and Bristol have shown that they, they might just hang on in there. Yeah, Bristol is interesting because, they're, they're, as I say, they're kind of grit and grind. They're, they're winning in an unusual way. They're not the same team. They're playing. They're being forced to play in a different way to the way that they were at the beginning of the season. Um, I'd have to check the schedules to see. I already have. The, 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 the interesting thing about uh, Bristol's uh, schedule is uh, I think they've only won two games against teams who were above 500 at the time that they played them. One of them was Newcastle, who were now below 500. Yeah. And one of them uh, was Sheffield, who... Yeah. Were they below were, 500, but they're now the best back two, up above. Yeah, they're the best two wins. Well, that's yeah. the best two wins. They're to, to win on the road. In, in the league. league. In the league. Yeah, to win on the road in Newcastle. They obviously beat Leicester in the trophy. Because there's, there's decent travel involved in both of those. Certainly, mm. you know, Bristol or Sheffield is probably four hours. Bristol Newcastle six hours. And to come up and, you know, and to win those games, which they're not necessarily, it kind of changes the culture. Not necessarily expected to win those games. They haven't won those games in the past. And now they're coming and winning those games. So that kind of sends a message as to where you go. Um, they haven't, I don't think, played, they've played Leicester they, once in the league and haven't played London, have they? they? They've played one game against Leicester, Manchester and London. Oh, they really? Yeah, right. Sorry, um, sorry, by one game. I mean, one in total. I One game against Leicester, none against Manchester, none against London. Oh, right, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right, yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, so we'll see what you'll see what we'll see what how they do. But um, you, you have to be encouraged if you're Bristol at the moment. Yeah, they. I mean, um, right now they look like a top four team, don't they? The, I don't know because I don't know what their team is. It might sound yeah, crazy because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're winning without three Americans. Um, two, 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 Ameri one of, two Americans. One of them is replacing the other who's in. One replacing yeah. yeah. So still, but two, the two guys that they built the team kind of built the team, Evans and Miller, yeah. uh, haven't played for the and they're, they're winning games. So are they better with those guys? Most probably, but are they going to play differently with those guys when those guys come back? Most yeah. definitely, because suddenly Rogers and Thomas Edwards won't be getting all the, the looks. It'll be a different kind of way. So can they maintain that defensive discipline? And can they take all the good stuff that they've been doing and then keep it together when they add their players back? Um, they are, but they do. I mean, winning in Sheffield, winning in Newcastle, yeah, we say, well, you know, Sheffield, I Newcastle, two teams got finished above the convention yeah. in the top four. So exactly, that's top yeah, 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 yeah. 
I, I looked at their schedule and I think they've got a six and three schedule and they are six and three. So that's, mm-hmm. that's good. You know, that, yeah, that to me, that's, you know, they've, they've, they've done a good job to get there and that's six and three, assuming they're full health and they're not at full health. So yeah, to have got six and point, three yeah. when they're not at full health is, uh, is a notable performance. So I, I, I think they're doing well. What they won't want to do is drop two games in quick succession. And then suddenly you're looking around you're back at in the Sheffield at Newcastle at, Glasgow, you know, all yeah. of those teams and, and, and suddenly, you know, you as as you put it, um, you're you're playing a different you're playing for different things to different for different people, aren't you? And yeah, and that, that makes a massive difference. Yeah. Massive difference. And that's why London need London need to win a few games in a row if they're serious about winning the league. Yeah. Because you can't drop another couple of games now because, no. because that would be done. By a few, um, you mean about eight or ten. Yeah, they, I think they got Leicester quite soon, so that's yeah, that's a big game. That's a must win. Uh, to keep to keep their interest. But I say a few. I think maybe five or six. Because yeah. but by the time that because by the time they pass five or six, they may only may have only played ten games, yeah. but everybody else will have played fourteen or fifteen. So everybody yeah. else will be playing for other things, you know. And um, it'll be interesting to see what their in what London's internal goals are. Mm. You know, or, you know, is their internal goal to defend straight Leicester and win the league? That's a, that was my word of the day, by the way. The first phrase, uh, or is it um, to you know get through Europe, kick on, and then have a real you know put all the 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 the, um, the apples in the in the playoffs basket? Mm. And I hope it's to win the league because otherwise it's going to be a procession mm. at this rate because that was a game Leicester could have lost tonight, yeah. and yet um, you know it get a bit like last year. You know the best thing that happens to Leicester to win the league is to lose in the trophy. Mm. Focuses the mind. Mm. It um, means you've got nothing else to focuses the mind in relation to winning games after the loss. Yeah, and it also means you've got nothing else to get in your way. You don't have you know potentially four, four games, including two a difficult two-legged semi-final, potentially a final to get in the way and the injuries and the pressure of playing those games that builds up. It, it kind of clears your schedule. It's only a twenty-seven-game league season this year, mm. so again, that makes it more straightforward. Um, the, the, you know, because we're playing to mid-April, mm. so you know, we've still got another three months, and what Leicester's got another seventeen games 17, in three months. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's nothing for you know, absolutely nothing for a, for a squad like that. Seventeen games in thirteen or fourteen weeks—that's that's mm. nothing at all. Um, so they should be able to manage their health. Um, so the only way it gets interesting, I think, is if London beat them. Mm. Yeah. Um, then we'll see. Then we'll see. We certainly will. And uh, that is coming up on Sky Sports on the 4th of February down at the Copper Box, he says quickly, looking at his phone. Uh, So there we go. A bit of of promotion. Um, This time next week, we will know whether Leicester or Manchester have won the Cup because it's Cup final week next Sunday. So... um, Mm. Enjoy the build-up to all of that, everybody. But uh, Dave and I will be back for that. We might, uh, I'll speak to you afterwards, Dave, about how we might record that, but we'll, we'll yeah. sort something out. Yeah. Um, but for now, we'll sign off and uh, have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Goodbye. Goodbye.